We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now let me welcome on to the Top Dogs podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network, CJ Moore, one of the guys, and I say this uh, 100% truthfully, I'm normally breaking CJ's balls about everything, but he's one of the guys in media whose basketball opinion and X's and O's opinion I, I actually trust and I actually listen to. He does his homework, he watches the film, he knows what he's looking at, and he writes for The Athletic. CJ, what's going on, man? It's good to see you. I, I don't know how to react to you actually saying <laughs> nice things about me. <laughs> well, since you're uh, you're giving me your time, I figured I can't be mean to you yet. Yeah. That'll come later in the show. Um, so you you write for the Athletic. You do a lot of Kansas, Kansas State, Wichita State kind of content and and uh, cover them. I think you know Kansas as well as anybody in college basketball. So let me start you off with this. They are sitting here at five and one on the season. They are ranked in the top five. They're in the top five on Ken Palm. They have Bill Self. They have one of the best players in college basketball, if not the best player in college basketball. And it feels like people are kind of worried about this group because of one loss out in Maui. How do you feel about Kansas' big picture based off of what we thought they were coming in and what we've seen for them so far through six games? Well, it's Kansas, so anytime there's a loss, it's like the, the sky is probably <laughs> falling. But um, I, I, I think it's a good team. I, I mean – I think the the concerns about them are their outside shooting and their depth coming into the year. Those concerns have um, been warranted, I think, by by watching the games. Um, I think they're old. Their four old dudes are really really good, and um, you know they they need to get more out of the bench. Uh, Nick Timberlake's been really bad so far. He just he looks like a freshman. He looks like he's not ready for that level. Um, he's super nervous. You know, has no confidence. Um, I think Johnny Furphy's got some ability and has a chance to be pretty good down the road, but he's just not quite ready yet, not quite strong enough. Um, and then El Marco Jackson hasn't been great so far. Um, he's got some ability, but like he's got no confidence in his jumper. And they actually got a little bit of something out of um, man. I'm gonna I'm blanking on the kid's name just because uh, Jamari McDowell. Jamari McDowell. Yeah, I've been I've been watching too many games uh but jamari mcdowell like he got out there in maui and i don't think he realized that he was in a kansas game in the maui invitational and like what stage he was on and he was just i don't think he had any idea where he was supposed to be on the floor but he hooped a little bit and and gave them just another guy they could have out there with some athleticism so that was a good development we'll see if that was more than just a you know one or two game thing but um yeah i i think it's a it's a really really good um passing team 
they they know who they are um they know where where they should play through um it's just they're they're maybe a little bit limited by their shooting and their bench but they're still a really good basketball team yeah i tried to put that in context for people um I, marquette is really really good right yeah. marquette is like probably top two top three team in america right now based off of what they've done um and a lot of teams are going to guard yeah and a lot of teams are going to lose to them right and kansas still still sitting here with a win over a very good Kentucky team and a win over a very good Tennessee team. So it's not like the sky is falling uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You mentioned Nick Timberlake, and I do want to talk about him uh, here early. It feels weird that we have a Hunter Dickinson, Bill Self-led team, and we're talking about Nick Timberlake first. But he was a guy that back in April, a lot of UConn fans thought was going to end up at UConn and commit to UConn after his visit, and he ended up at Kansas uh, that kind of led to UConn having a chance to get Cam Spencer, which has worked out really well for the Huskies. But what is it? What's the issue with Nick? Is it to me from the outside? It just looks like a, a confidence thing, right? It looks like he just is not doesn't have the belief in himself to be able to, to succeed at that level. The way that Doug Gottlieb phrased it when I was talking to him about it was it was like a guy moving up from the silver level to the gold level of AAU, where he's just not quite ready for the length and athleticism and speed of the game. Yeah, I, I think um he's actually a pretty good athlete. Like he's he's fairly mm-hmm. bouncy and um like he, he kind of can surprise you with his athleticism, but I just think it's a it's a hundred percent confidence and it's also like you know the Bill Self offense is a lot to process and, and and to try to figure out in a small amount of time. Like that's why I said he's like a freshman out there. Like I, I think that um, from being able to pick up the concepts and where he's supposed to be and that stuff. Like, I, I think there's just too much going on upstairs. And then his confidence, you know, when you get out in a, ge- a game, that high, a high-level game, and if you're not confident, like, I mean, I, I feel like he's struggling to even catch a ball on the move type thing. Like, like it's just there's too much going on upstairs and, and there's a lack of confidence. And maybe that comes down the road, but, um, you know, he, he was – they 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 went and got him to be able to to catch him make shots, mm-hmm. spot up from from uh, with because Hunter Dickinson is going to see so much attention, and um, he hasn't really been able to do that yet. Uh, minus like what there was there was one non conference game maybe North Carolina Central I can't remember they kind of run together um, where he hit some threes and and looked good but you know that was in a game where they were going to win by a million no matter what so um he had, in in any kind of games where there's been game pressure he hasn't been very good yeah what's the answer there cuz to me that's the that's the entire key to this Kansas season and i know it's crazy to say that after six games again on a team with Bill Self and Hunter Dickinson and Dewan Harris and um and Kevin McCullough who by the way has been sensational right mm-hmm. but if you don't have that one guy that can kind of pull defenses away, if you're basically playing four on five because you don't have someone at that spot that needs to be guarded that isn't doing something else, I don't know how you can be a national championship caliber team. Does that make, does that make sense? Like there's going to be somebody at some point that can exploit that one weakness in your roster. And then you're basically one injury away from somebody else to, to the point where it's like, okay, now you got three guys that you can trust out there, which is not the answer to anybody's uh, uh, to to the way that you want to play, we might be talking about the wrong guy. Honestly, like I think Johnny Furphy's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's more talented, and he's so. He's is that t- what it is? Just let him play through the freshman mistakes? Probably. Like I, I think Furphy's the guy that it's it's going to have to be um, at least the first guy off the bench. Like he's more talented. He's he's a re- like he can really shoot it too. But he's dealing with the same thing: confidence, t- too much going on out there. 
Um, it's just kind of got to slow down for him. But I think he has more feel and like kind of a better sense of how to play off guys um, than Timberlake does. I mean, I think Timberlake, it's kind of like coming from a high school situation where you were the dude and you took all the shots and stuff was run for you and you didn't really have to guard. Um, where, I, you know, I think Furphy's got more um, – I think his transition to high level basketball might be an easier one. And he, you know, if the dude's like, he's tall, he's a legit, like, I think they list him at six, nine, like he's at least six, eight. Um, he's got really, really good size. I think that has to be the dude. And then El Marco Jackson's got to, at some point, be able to step up and make some shots. Like, I think he's, he's doing okay in some other areas. Um, but he has, I, I haven't looked at it, their shooting percentages lately, but um, let's see. He's I'm one Mark, for eight from three. He's, on he's one of eight in, in against T1 teams. I don't know what he did against Chaminade, but um, you know, we're, we're, I'm sure you're looking at Kim Palm just like I am. And those, oh, those Chaminade numbers aren't, aren't baked in there. Um, so yeah, he's got to step up and make some shots too. And, and he can, like, I've, I've seen him shoot. I mean, you saw him on the Under Armour circuit. Like he's not an awesome shooter, but he's, he's capable um, so I, I think they just need time and, and reps really in, in games. And those guys, you know, they're going to get a play because somebody else has to play besides the four old guys. You can't play four on five. So, um, we'll see, but the, 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 the four old dudes are pretty good. Um, and, and, and all playing pretty, pretty well. I think, you know, the only thing you really would critique them is maybe McCullers tar- turnovers are pretty high. And I wrote about that this week. I think it's because they're trying to throw it into Dickinson so much. You're going to turn it over someone you're force feeding it into the post yeah and it's also he he's being asked to have so much offense run through him that it's kind of a byproduct of being a focal point right like turnovers are going to come with that maybe clean some of it up and get what's he he's averaging like four and a half is that right something like that uh his his turnover rate's pretty high he had 18 in maui um like that. <laughs> that's, that's a lot in three games um and you know his shot's important too like he needs to shoot it well as you know, that's, that's, that's why he's back in school, like to show that he can shoot. He's doing everything else. Um, let's see, he's, he's seven of 20 in, in D1 against D1 competition so far. 35%. You honestly take that. If he can be in the 35 to 40 range like that, that's a win for Kansas. Yeah. To me, the, the biggest red flag for this group is that the two guys that you probably trust the most with to, to hit a jump shot right now, or Dewan Harris and Hunter Dickinson. And like, those are also the two guys that you want running your pick and rolls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. if you're, if you decide you want to put Kevin McCullough in a ball screen, like teams will not guard Dewan Harris and just kind of dare him to make shots. And if he mm-hmm. hits five, then he hits five and you lose. Right. So that, to me, that's yeah. the biggest concern. Yeah. And Dewan Harris doesn't want to take shots. Like he doesn't want to shoot. Uh, but if you leave him wide open, he has proven, I mean, like it's, it's almost you want almost just want to see what he does on his first one, and if he makes it, you start guarding him, and if he doesn't, um, you probably continue to sag off him. But he needs a lot of time to get it off because he has a really really low release and it's slow. Um, but like if you don't guard him like Kentucky did, then um, you keep going under ball screens. Like eventually he'll take them and he he can make them. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the big fellow. Let's talk about Hunter Dickinson. Uh, I made the argument that he was the best transfer in the history of college basketball at minimum he's the most decorated transfer in the history of college basketball and he's averaging like 21 and 12 he's shooting 70 percent from three i think that uh he is playing at a national player of the year level it's probably zach Eady, but i think hunter is right there with him and i don't know how much more you could ask out of him and i don't know how much more he can do to be able to reach the level that you you want him to reach right like he's been sensational i think Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean he's he's been really really good. He's been as good as advertised. 
Um, I think all of us who watch college basketball, who have watched Hunter Dickinson play, who have watched Kansas play was like, wow, that's a really perfect pairing. And wow, it's been a really perfect pairing. I mean, the numbers are ridiculous. Um, the fact that he is making threes is a, is a big development and I think is going to be important in this game. Um, cause watching what Connecticut does with Kling and that, you know, they're in a pretty deep drop with him. And if, if you engage him in the drop and you pitch it back out to the center as, as Indiana did, like there's time and space to make those shots. Um, so, you know, he likes shooting it kind of in that top circle area. Um, so that, that's going to be really important in this game is, is, can he make some shots? And, um, also, you know, I'll be interested to see, does Connecticut bring a double? Um, it seemed like in the Indiana game, um, they brought a double when, when Caravan was on the you know garden in the post, but that. I think they did maybe one time when Klingon was guarding the post. I, you know, if, if I'm Connecticut, I'm going to see if he can just wall up and you know try to make Hunter make shots over the top of him, which is hard, pretty hard to do. Um, so that that matchup is going to be fascinating. But yeah, Hunter's Hunter's been really, really good. They, you know, they're doing their Kansas thing. They're high low. They're um, getting angled entries into the post, and um, he's got what what he's really, really good at is is catching it high and just getting it off fast. Like mm-hmm. he's got such great hands and such great touch. Um, he's he's been a tremendous fit so far in, in self's offense. Yeah, I think the two things that he does best offensively are the two things that can be um, are, are where Klingon is not at his best defensively. Like, Klingon is great when it comes to the the drop coverage. He's great at walling up. He's great at taking away basically a twelve foot radius around the basket because he's just I call him the Great Wall of Bristol, right? Like he's just so big and long and really understands how to be able to use. Uh, Are they playing stores? Yeah, well, uh, he's from Bristol, Connecticut. Okay, Bristol. Um, but he's uh, he's just so good at like utilizing his length and his size and just being kind of big and in the way, right? Yeah, um, but he has very high hips, and part of the reason why like he can kind of struggle to score in the post is he he just when you have that high of a center of gravity, it's hard to kind of establish position, right? And Mm -hmm. Hunter is great at kind of putting his ass in somebody. And just sitting down and kind of creating that space and creating that angle and being able to just catch it and score. So I think that he has a little bit of an advantage there. And I think that he'll also have, like you said, the advantage in the pick and pops, right? When you're playing that deep drop, that's what you're daring teams to do is essentially either hit a pull up over the length or hit a contested three with clinging kind of running at you. And I think that Dickinson can, I mean, you've seen him better in the more in the system than I have, but I think that those are the two places that you can really use Hunter at, to his best. Yeah, I mean, they they like to move him around, use him around the elbows and around the middle of the floor um, as kind of a facilitator. And I mean, kind of like Connecticut's doing a similar mm-hmm. thing with with Clean. Like they'll they'll play through him at the top of the circle. Um, so yeah, I, I think those shots are going to be there, and, and Harris knows how to engage the big guy and, and you know throw it out, throw it out to him. So those pick and pops will be there. Now he hasn't. He I think he took three in the first game. He made all three of them. He's been like one of two every game since. So he hasn't taken more than two of them. Uh, but this might be a game where he needs to you know maybe shoot five of them. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD. 
1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. In the first field of 68 tip-off, three of the preeminent mid-major programs in the country, three of the best coaches, November 30th, Liberty versus FAU, December 1st, Liberty versus Charleston, December 2nd, Charleston versus FAU, Three up-and-coming programs come together in a very, very creative entity. There's a reason we're called the Field of 68, right? We want to cover all of college basketball. We are calling it the Field of 68 tip-off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Yeah, and I think that he probably will. If you tell Hunter to shoot, I don't think he's one of these guys that's gonna gonna not shoot. But he's the best. Like the thing that I, I know that there are people that hate him, right? And if you are not a Kansas fan, you probably hate him. But I think that he is great for the sport because he is he embraces being the heel, right? Like when people hated Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen didn't want to be hated. He wanted to be liked. He didn't like having everybody despise him, right? I don't think JJ Redick liked having everybody despise it hunter like he it, he thrives on that he wants it he 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 trolls fans to get them to hate him i think he loves it he should really be a wwe wrestler man like that's what he was born to do forget basketball that's that, that's where his career is samuel l jackson's tweeting about him i mean <laughs> that, was so funny. that was so funny uh, um yeah, no, i i think i think he feeds off it like he he likes that energy 
and and kind of like I mean the the end of the first half against Kentucky is like the perfect example. You you about got up on the score table and, and cheered it on. Yeah. So uh, oh, it was great. It was so good. It was so good for the people that aren't um aren't aware of what CJ's referring to. At the end of the first half in Kentucky, uh, uh Hunter Dickens had hit like a twenty eight foot three to cut the lead to seven. seven. The number one team in the country cut the lead to seven at halftime, right? And he does this like, oh, celebration. Oh, it was so good. I am absolutely- curious how you're going to describe that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I guess the the um, video. The, it was the suck it. That's what he did. It was the three point suck it celebration. I, I, that's how you got to explain. Everybody knows what that is, man. If you're listening to this, you definitely have seen it before. So, um, you mentioned doubling uh, when Caravan was in the post. I think that's where. UConn might have a bit of an advantage here is that where you can really attack them defensively uh, or where teams have really gone after them defensively has been Alex Carabin. It it started last year. Um, He got lit up by like Bryce Hopkins. He got lit up by someone else. By the end of the year, he was actually playing really well defensively. Yeah, he was playing much better defensively. And then this year, Malik Renault got him for 19 in the first game that they played. And then it was uh, Dylan Mitchell got him for 21 um, in the Texas game. And that to, I don't think that KJ Adams is the kind of guy that you can really just like isolate and go score. So I think that's one advantage that UConn does have heading into the fog here. Yeah, I, I think, you know, KU, one thing they have done is they've, even though like, so last year KJ was at the five and mm-hmm. they barely threw it into him on post-ups. Um, this year, now that he's at the four and he's guarded by smaller dudes, they are trying to post him up some and like throw it over the top. Um, so I think you could see some of that, but he is not like the offensive talent that a Malik Renault is. Um, KJ is a little stiff when he's like attacking, um, a guy one-on-one trying to like finish over length and stuff like that. Like he's, he's good on like short rolls and attacking that way. But if he's like going off the dribble, it seems like he doesn't finish at a super high rate. Um, so yeah, I I don't know that that that's like a huge concern for, for UConn. Uh, but I, I will be interested to see if they do try to, you know, after watching the tape and seeing that, like, okay, maybe you can pick on them, um, you know, maybe trying to throw it into to KJ and get get him to ride Caravan up the up the lane a little bit and try to get some of those easy duck ins. All right, let's talk about. Uh, I mentioned Klingon and, and Dickinson. I think that that this test and the test against Armando Baycott are going to be the two that really show me what uh, what Donovan Klingon is this year. He's been. You know, he had the the foot thing in the preseason. Then he was sick um, when they were in uh, New York for the Empire Classic. So we haven't seen him at his best against that level of competition yet this year. And for a guy that everyone had as a preseason All-American, I think this is going to be a chance for him to kind of say like, hello, everybody, I'm here. This is who I am in these next two games. The other guy that I think is going to really have a test here is Tristan Newton. Uh, For my money, the dude's playing at an All-American level right now. He's averaging 16, eight boards, and seven assists right now for a team that is top five in America. Those are All-American kind of numbers. You know who he's going up against? Dewan Harris, who is one of the best on-ball defenders you're going to find. And one of the – CJ, you're a point guard. You know this. When you get these pesky little dudes that can kind of like climb up under you and make it difficult for you to dribble, they're a pain in the ass to play against, man. And and so I think we're going to learn a lot about Donovan Klingon here on Friday. And I think we're going to learn a lot about Tristan Newton on Friday as well. I'm curious who Kansas. So I actually think it's possible. I, I, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I could see Kansas putting Harris on Cam Spencer and putting McCuller 
on um, Tristan Newton. Why would you do that? So um, I think you would put, I think Solomon Ball is going to get guarded by um, Marco Jackson. Like that's an easy, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that Newton, he takes advantage of guys' size and can kind of like score in that like 10-foot range over people. And McCuller's length, I think, um, and McCuller plays with a lot of physicality, um, I think maybe is a better matchup where – and then, you know, you, you run um, – Cam, Cam Spencer runs around so many screens and is, does so much stuff off the ball. Um, I wonder if that's a better – um, if Dewan is better suited to to chase him around, but you are asking so much, you're asking so much of both those guys on the other end. So like, you don't want to tire them down too much. Um, Cause you know, Harris does a ton offensively and so does, so does McCuller. But um, to me that, that kind of makes a little more sense because I do think when it comes to so Connecticut, like is so good running their actions and getting stuff off, off what they, you know, what they run. But I thought like the second half of that Indiana game, I thought, because the first half, like Indiana could not guard their um, the pick and pops with Caravan at all. It was like they it was like they hadn't scouted them whatsoever. Um, I do think Kansas, you would think a Bill Self team will like handle that better um, than than Indiana did. But so to me, I think this game could come down to like later in shot clock. What do Cam Spencer and and Tristan Newton do? And particularly, usually that's Tristan Newton. And I just, I just wonder if um, McCuller just a better matchup for him. Now, I, I do understand. I, I think maybe it could be both. I understand what you're saying with, with Dewan, because like you better be taking care of that ball when you have, because he's got really, really long arms, and you think you maybe are past the guy and he'll, he'll poke it away from behind. Um, so yeah, e- either guy, like he's going to be challenged being guarded by either guy, but I-, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Kansas comes out and, and matches up that way. Now they're going to switch a lot of stuff too. So, you mm-hmm. know, both guys could end up guarding them. Um, but I, that'll be something to watch. Like the first couple of possessions, I'm, I'm curious who will be guarding who. Yeah. I, the only reason I would put, um, I would put Harris on Tristan Newton is that I think Newton, it doesn't really matter how big the guy is. He's one of these guys where he can kind of absorb that contact and get to the line. And I think that keeping him from turning the corner and and getting somebody on his hip, mm-hmm. I just think it's a little easier to do that if you have a, a smaller defender that's going to be able to get around those screens. But, hey, look, you know what? Both those guys – you know what? Let's talk about Cam Spencer there because I, I do think that he is – one of the bright spots so far for UConn has been the fact that he's basically a de facto point guard for him. Right? Like he's I mean, playing he, him when, when Newton's off the floor, he's playing point guard. Yeah. yeah. And they have him even when Newton's on the floor, they have him like running off of DHOs or running off of ball screens. And he doesn't, like, he looks like he's less athletic than I am CJ. And he's still sitting here getting his shots, getting to the I rim, making these plays. Yeah. Um, he, he's just, he's such a basketball junkie, man. Like, and, and he's, he's out of his mind competitive. Right. And I just, I, I love what we've seen from him. So I did not know he was going to be this good. Imagine if you switch Camp Spencer and Tim, Nick Timberlake right now, which could have been a possibility. Oh yeah, or or if uh, if Kansas ends up with Dalton Connect, yeah, right? Instead of Nick Timberlake, because um, because to me, like the the two big winners and obviously Kansas, but we knew like Dickinson mm-hmm. was going to be good, but um, Tennessee getting Connect and uh, UConn getting Cam Spencer, and you go go back and look at mine and Sam's rankings. We had we had Cam really really high. We were we were both fans, um, but yeah, he's just got 
such great feel. And um, I, I highlighted in my rankings this week, like his passing is really, really good. So, I mean, he makes point guard passes, like the little floating stuff he'll make to, to Caravan on the rolls and, um, you know, looking like, I think I put the one where he, he's looking off to the right and just fires a bullet to, uh, on the roll to um was it Samson their backup? Yeah, it was Samson, the no look pass. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that was that was that was dirty. Like he's he's really, really good. Then he, you know, he's basically can do the, you know, the same things they got out of um Jordan Hawkins, you know, running off a bunch of screens, being able to shoot the hell out of it. He does that, and then he gives you a bunch of passing too. Like he's it, it's I mean, Jordan Hawkins was a where'd he go in the pit in the draft like he was 14th and he's having a great rookie year too yeah he's he's really good like and i don't know that he can quite like he can't come off as quickly and fire it like hawkins could but like no, no one can cj like nobody, how, nobody can argue, i could maybe make the argument he's more valuable to their offense because he can do so many different things and like the the way he can facilitate um he's he's really really good and the, the fact that i even would like contemplate bringing that up tells you how how good he's been like yeah i you could make the argument the other way and i'd be like okay maybe i'm going too far but the well, fact yeah, that no it's not I'm they, up and you're not like dude you're crazy is, no you're not okay. you're not you're 100 right because he also he he brings the shooting that you need right and like to to be frank yukon's three-point shooting has not been great this year they're shooting less under 31 percent from three on the season alex caravan is 11 for 35 and tristan newton is nine for 31 like that ain't gonna get it done Hurley last night in his press conference goes, I need our guys to get off TikTok, to get off their iPhones, to stop gaming and get in the gym and practice shooting because this isn't good enough. Uh, but but did I, he referenced TikTok uh, multiple times because didn't he say something about how Tristan Newton, uh, people don't appreciate him? because Yeah, yeah that was that was like a, a week ago. He was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> people that watch highlights on TikTok don't know how good this dude is. And I think he was uh, he might as well have called out Jeff Goodman on that one. But, um, but my guy Cam Spencer, he's 47-8 from three. What do you yeah. want? Just because the guy, the guy is too crazy. To, he doesn't go on TikTok. He doesn't have social media. <laughs> shooting forty eight percent from three. He's, like Dude, he's twenty. He hasn't missed a free throw yet, right? He's shooting fifty six percent from two, and he's shooting forty eight percent from three. Like that's pretty good. That is pretty damn good. Uh, it's like good. a young To in his prime, right? Um, no, what I was gonna say with with, with he's not Spencer, he not jacking as many jumpers as To is. Uh, no, he's, he's not. not happy. <laughs> nobody does nobody does uh, but i was gonna say with cam is that it's not just the shooting right like he creates the floor spacing and has that presence where he can manipulate defenses just coming off a screen but he also gets you the playmaking that you kind of lack a little bit with andre jackson gone and mm -hmm. if you go back and look at teams that won the national championships i think like kansas is the only one in the last like 15 years that didn't have two point guards on the floor at yes. all times Yes. The, the 2022 Kansas team. So mm -hmm. having another guy that can do that is just as important as having a guy that can pull defenses out away from the basket. Now, um, the X factor here is whether or not Steph Castle will play. Uh, he had a uh, – we're recording this on a Tuesday. He had another um, doctor visit appointment set up. Some, he was meeting with somebody today to, to evaluate his knee. Um, and so I haven't heard anything about it yet. I doubt that I will hear anything concrete before the game actually starts uh but i would operate under the assumption that he is probably not going to play just because it's like one of those things where when you got a guy that's the lottery pick that's going to make nine figures in his life if he kind of keeps it all together and stays healthy you're not going to force him back for one game because of a knee injury i, I yeah. just and they, I, I think, they have depth they got yeah. depth too. yeah i would bet on them playing it safe but who knows man maybe he's one of these guys that just heals quickly maybe he's on the aaron Rodgers plan cj <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe, maybe so. Um, yeah, I mean, he he uh, he would give a different element to this, I think. But best, I, he's their I, best. They, they were targeting that game, though, right? I mean, that was the plan. Well, it, so it's a two to four week injury or two to four week recovery from the procedure that he had, and two weeks from the procedure would be the day before the game. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. Um, I don't think there's again, like he had a he had a meeting with the doctor literally like probably a couple hours ago. So mm-hmm. we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, all right. Last thing I got for you, CJ. I need uh, a prediction on how you think the game will play out and what the X factor is. And then I want to I want like an actual score winner prediction from you. So like what's X factor? How will it play out? And, and who do you have winning? Well, I hope it's a really high level game. Cause like it's been, I feel like you know, I've I've been to some decent games so far because I I was out at the Maui Invitational, I was at Champions, and like <laughs> you've been to a couple like they they were just okay, right? Just, just okay, okay games. You've been to. But like every game has either been like with the the, the high level teams, it's either been just a, like a total dud that like you don't want to watch, like Duke, Michigan State um tennessee Purdue, tennessee throw it out there just Ugh. burn that tape gross synergy or they've been like really high level and and pretty fun to watch um P- purdue um marquette was was really good mm-hmm. kansas kentucky was mm-hmm. super fun like i could have watched 20 more minutes of that one um so i i hope it's like played at a high level and like these teams are executing well and i, I think they like i think they will like i watching connecticut so far like they're a really good execution team and they know what they want. And same thing with Kansas. Um, so I think it'll be a, like a, a pretty high level game, um, get, you know, game of runs just because I think both these teams are pretty like, that's just who they are. Um, X factor for me is when a, when, when Connecticut misses, because while they are missing a bunch of three point shots, like it feels like they rebound every single one. Um, and they, they send like, they send a lot of dudes to the glass and I do think because they send some so many dudes to the glass, you can get them in transition a little bit. I I only got eleven minutes into the Texas game to be honest with you, but that that's where Texas was like scoring most of their points was out in transition. I thought Indiana had some opportunities, but like was basically incompetent in transition. Um, and so <laughs> they were like early on in that game, they could have been up maybe ten if they can just like run a fast break. Um, and and guard a pick and pop. So um, I, I do think, you know, watching what – and Kansas is a pretty good running team, so watching what they can do in transition and then watching, you know, just basically what happens when Connecticut misses a shot. Is Kansas able to get out and run, or is Connecticut putting those back in? Um, that'll be something – because Kansas hasn't been great to, um, like, long rebounds. You, you can you can kind of get them on 50-50 balls – I'm I'm pretty sure that would be a critique of Bill Self so far of his team. Like he would say, we haven't been fast enough to 50-50 balls. So so that's something to watch. Um as for a score, shoot. Um it's I mean, it's really, really hard to bet against Kansas in the fog. Um I think Hack is absolutely good enough to go in and and, and beat him. Um and Hurley's like one of those guys that just like is gonna have his keep his dude's so jacked to play and like have a belief that you can go in and win this game. Uh, his brother did it a few mm-hmm. years ago. Um, I'll say 70, 
six seventy three Kansas. <laughs> you almost exactly got the Ken Palm score. Ken Palm has it at seventy six seventy four. All right, so I did not I look. Yeah, fair. I know, I know. I, I'm, I, you wouldn't if you had looked, you wouldn't have said those numbers. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I think, I think there are two things that go in UConn's advantage here. Um, the places where you can really get at them defensively are there like having a dynamic ball handler, because I don't think Tristan Newton and Cam Spencer are the best perimeter on ball guys, right? Um, they're big, they're tough, they're physical, but if you have someone like a, we saw it in the second half with um, Tyrese Hunter, who kind of got wherever he wanted to go, got to the rim, got to the basket. That's part of why Texas made the comeback. You'll see it when you watch the rest of that tape. Um, that's why Texas was able to make the comeback uh, in the second half. Um, Kansas doesn't really have that guy that like got to be Kevin McCuller. I mean, yeah. he McCuller is driving really well. Like he's, he's slashed. Like he is just putting his head down and like, like a running back, just you're going to barrel through and get to yeah, the rim. But he's uh, not quite as like, it's not a, not a shake yet. Yeah. It's not a shaky kind of a thing. Like the, like Spencer and Newton are big enough and strong enough where I think that it's a, a decent matchup with McCuller. Right. I think that they, to put it, I don't think that they're going to get embarrassed there. McCullough could very well win that matchup, but it's not something where I'm sitting there like, oh, no, I don't know how they're going to stop that. You just you got to be yeah. physical and tough and win that matchup. Um, so I think that is a check in the UConn column. I think that the fact that they don't really have a dude that can kind of isolate Alex Caravan is a check in the UConn column. Um, but I would say that the key here is going to end up being Donovan Klingon. Like, you have to show up and be an All-American in this one because you are going up against one of the two best players in college basketball that can do some things that can take advantage of maybe not necessarily your strengths. And if he shows up and he's fighting for position and he's blocking shots and Hunter Dickinson is not scoring in the post on him and he's able to get to those closeouts on the three-point line and he wins that matchup with Dickinson, then I think that UConn wins this game. I think that's that's the, the swing factor for me right there. Is How that do you – go ahead, sorry. No, I was I was just gonna say, what do you how do you what do you think about that? Is that is that crazy? How, how do you how do you think they guard Hunter with him? Like, is he playing behind? Is he trying to post? Is he pre quartering? What do you think they do there? I think that they will probably play behind. Um, I think that the, all the pick and roll stuff is going to be drop coverage, and I think they're just going to say, "You are one of the best defenders in the sport. Go get go stop him. Go win him. Go beat him one on one." And I think that Klingon like. I think he's got it in his bag to be able to do it. My concern, yeah. my concern isn't like when Hunter gets it like one on one from fifteen feet. I think Klingon that that's an advantage for Klingon. Where I think there that Kansas can kind of win that matchup is the pick and pop stuff we talked about before, and like the sets that what that they run where there's like a million moving pieces and all of a sudden boom, you got Hunter Dickinson sealing on the block and you got uh, Klingon pinned up the lane. They throw a lob over the top and he just catches it and dunks it. Like that's that's where I think Donovan's going to have uh, his work cut out for him there. And if he can win that part of the matchup and he can be really sound defensively and like they got the scout down, and they kind of figure all that stuff out. That's where I think UConn has to be able to win to win this game. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm going to be really curious to see how they how they guard the post ups. And um, I don't think they'll bring help. Like I wouldn't. I would I would see what he's got. Um, the, the reason I asked you whether he'll, he'll front or like three quarter is that's where a lot of Kansas's turnovers are coming. Um, and I, I want to go study it more, but I, you know, I, th I think that Hunter is maybe 
he's not riding his guy up quite far enough to give them enough space to to throw it and like not hit the rim or hit the backboard. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, and to I mean, clinging is so huge. Like you're gonna have to get that ball yeah. up and off of him. That's why I'm curious. Like to I mean, I wonder. I bet I bet Connecticut's coaches are having those discussions right now. Do we try to make them throw it over our our Bristol? What was it? Wall wall the Bristol. Great Wall of Bristol. Great Wall of Bristol. Do we try to do we try to use his his uh, his length advantage there to make like because they're already turning it over, um, or do we just put him behind and say, okay, Kansas, we're taking away all angled post ups because we're not even going to try to to front, um, and and you know let's see what Hunter's got. Can he can he go score over the top of him? So that that's something to watch too. Is is just how how do they guard that early and how does that go? Because um, I mean, Klingon is probably the best low post i mean he he might be the best low post defender in the country right like that that's what he should be if if he's plays to a ceiling this year so um it's going to be fun to watch i'm i'm excited like i i could care less about predicting the score i'm just i want to see like how these two teams guard each other and and how they play because I, I i do think connecticut's really really good but i don't think they've played anybody worth the crap yet yeah i mean the the texas matchup to me is the one where especially in the second half, you can see where you can kind of get at them, right? Like Dylan Mitchell was doing what you need him to do, play a small ball five role, um, which by the way, like I think he would be absolutely terrific playing that role kind of full time. Yeah, they're trying to play him at the small forward this year. No, no, no. You got to put him in. If, if you gave Bill Self, Dylan Mitchell in the KJ Adams role last year, Dylan yeah. Mitchell would be a top 10 pick. Yeah. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that that was like that five. Texas team and those those lineups and what we kind of saw there. I thought that that was really good. But Indiana's not very good at all, and none of the mid major like they just got completely overwhelmed. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be. I, I cannot wait for this game. It's going to be a fantastic game. Two top five teams playing in the fog, playing on a Friday night, playing on ESPN. It's what college basketball needs, man. These are the kind of matchups that cut through the noise, CJ. These are the kind of matchups to get you on the field of 68 top dogs podcast my man appreciate you being here why aren't you coming to are you coming to lawrence where are you so we have the field of 68 tip off this weekend oh yeah that's right we will be in boca raton um are you poor guy but yeah i mean we got fau liberty on thursday night we got liberty charleston on friday night and we have uh fau charleston on saturday night all the games start at six which is perfect timing because i'll be able to watch the game i told everyone this the other day uh, if you want to see me sweat out the end of that game, our show uh, after dark will be live at 11 o'clock on Friday night. This game tips off at nine o'clock on Friday night. So I will be watching the end of Kansas UConn live on the air while trying to host a show, which will be uh, interesting. And, and we'll see how that ends up going, CJ. But listen, my prediction is a UConn win. I'm, I'm saying that they're going into the fog and they're going to win. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be ugly. I think that they're going to win 62 to 58. That's my prediction. I, I want Locking. the score. I don't care. I want the score in the 70s. Let's let's have a let's have at least 70s, maybe 80s. Let's let's have a fun up and down game. But um, you you could be right. Like it could it could be ugly. We'll see. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I just don't see the transition stuff happening too much. But yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's going to be a great game. I'm fired up for it. You'll be there, right? Courtside. Oh. I will be there. Yep. Courtside. So make sure you check out uh check out the stuff on the athletic if you haven't already. Um and uh look, if UConn wins, we better get a great feature story about something UConn coming from you, CJ. Whoever wins, I'll be writing about it's through the beauty of my job. I write about the winners. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, CJ, it's always a pleasure, man. Good seeing you. Thanks, man.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.